All right, rockers and metalheads, this is DJ Rem with Quote the Raven on Rock Addict Radio, and I have Teresa Topaz on the line. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for having me on this evening. Very happy to have you here. Um, before we kind of get into it, let me just uh, let me just tell the listeners a little bit about you, and obviously you can expand upon that, but um, for those of you that don't know Teresa, she's a Southern rock blues artist. Uh She's an award-winning Southern rock artist, winning Best Country Rock Song. You have to tell me about this. Uh, for her last single, Whiskey Kind of Girl, which uh, I, I listened to that track uh, about 10 minutes ago, and I love it. And also, you were nominated by the Williamette Week's Top 5 Best Rock Artist and the Guitar Goddess by the Portland, Portland Tribune. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah. So, so why don't you go ahead and just why don't you introduce yourself and, and talk a little bit more about you know kind of those those points and anything else you want to you want to mention? Yeah, sure. Um, I uh, you know I've kind of dominated the West Coast here. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, and so um, you know the the most recent one was an independent music award down in Los Angeles called the Academia Music Awards, and actually an agent of mine actually submitted me without telling me. So that was interesting to get the phone call. And I didn't know until I had won, but uh, she had submitted me for my latest single, which was released last year called Whiskey Kind of Girl, which is definitely the downright whiskey drinking good time type of tune. So, um, and uh, so that was, that, was a, that was a good day and a reason to celebrate. And uh, when I was back up in Portland, that's when I had released my last LP. Uh, so it was a few years back. And, um, you know, I had done tour up and down the Pacific Northwest area up towards Seattle and then back down to California for that record. And uh, the Port- Portland's a very music-centric town, and I love the term keep Portland weird. <laughs> but uh, a lot of music lovers out there, and, and people really support local music. And so I was fortunate enough to have a lot of fans vote me into that category of top best five rock artists in the PDX area. And also the uh, the Tribune did a wonderful write-up on me. It was actually my last show in Portland uh, for that record. And uh, uh, Rob was very kind with his words, and uh, I've become friends with him, actually, since that write-up. It was, it was, it was a cool write-up, and I'll take guitar goddess all day long. So, um, But uh, but basically, I, I, I'm a Southern rock and blues artist. I've been doing music my entire life. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, when, it's, when it's in your blood, there is no plan B. Yeah, that's awesome. So, with with the um the article the write up by the Portland Tribune is that is that available somewhere for people to go read? It is. Uh, you know, if you uh, if you just Google me, uh, it should come up in my Google search. Um, I have just the I think I have it linked to just right up from the show the quick blurb about it connected to my website. But um, I'd have to dig a little bit to find the actual article. So it's out there. <laughs> Google has it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Google it. Google it. Google it. <laughs> so I also see here that you've um you've had the the pleasure. I I'm gonna say they had the pleasure to get to play with you, but um with Steve Vive oh, yeah. and you know, Joan Jett and Ronnie Lee, I mean just how 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 amazing was that to get to be on stage with all those guys? And oh, and, gosh. and ladies. 
Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> well, I think at this point you say guys, it means girls and, and guys. Um, I'll start with Ronnie because I've known her the longest. I met Ronnie um, when I was touring PDX area back in 2015, and her and I just hit it off and became really great friends. We've done a lot of shows together since then. I've pulled her on for my Women in Rock event sponsored by PRS, and I pulled in most of my endorsement companies for that. Um, you know, any chance we can, if we're in the same area on the same coast, we'll do shows or sit in with one another. So she's just, she's a riot. Um, and so uh, I had the luxury of, of being able to meet Steve I back in 2017, I want to say, and his band, uh, Philip Yell on bass and then Jeremy Colson on drums. And that was the first time I got to play with him. And then I was invited down by Larry Mitchell to the 52-hour Big Mama Jamma back in 2018, I think. It was Yeah, it was the next year. And that was pretty insane because it was 52 hours of straight music. Wow. And it did stop. And so Steve, the day that I came down to play, had been on stage at the end of the night for 11 hours. Um, but crazy. you had Ronnie Lee, Oriante, um, you know, Nita Strauss um, were the, you know, the, the females of the of the group. And then, I mean, I, I played on Saturday with Ronnie that evening. Um, but like Moby and Dave Navarro and John Five, Nuno Benacourt, Doug McLeod. I mean, it was just the green room was insane. I'm sitting next to Steven Adler. I mean, it was just, it was such a joy to be there, to be part of something like that, and all to raise money for charity. So um, I've been very fortunate enough to meet and play with some amazing people so far in my career. That's that's so cool. Who, who's, um, if, if you had to pick like one of those individuals to get to, to play again with in the near future, who would you say? Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think... I think what I would I would love to play with Nita Strauss. I have not been able to team up with her, and I know at some point I would love to because she's a phenomenal guitar player, and I I adore her passion and her drive in this this wonderful thing called the music industry. So it would it would be a joy to be able to to sit with her and jam out a little bit. Awesome, awesome. So one of the things when I you know because uh, I I feel fortunate to get to talk to uh, to badass artists like yourself, and I'm always you know, curious about, I like to kind of go back in the backwards, um, in time with, with an artist. So one of the things I always like to know that I'm curious is, you know, uh, growing up and just kind of, you know, as you lived life, what kind of influences did you have that kind of helped shape and push in this musical direction for you? Oh, geez. Um, well, uh, it's pretty, pretty like, right away from me and I'm grateful to be one of those that knew what I was supposed to do on this earth by the age of six um I you know when I was a little little girl I my parents would take me out to dinner I'd go up to other tables and sing to them for cherries and uh, uh music runs in my family on my mom's side so I'm grateful for that and it followed down to me and um I I started singing at a very young age and I would not stop about guitar I just love guitar and the one thing that started me on that was the first time I had heard Jimmy Page play number one and that it was that particular tone it wasn't just a guitar it wasn't a fender strat or a telly or whatnot it had to be that specific tone and so at a very young age i became with obsessed with gibsons and so i did not get a gibson as my first guitar uh, i got a, a squire strat and it was like fighting a two by four because i did not know what a setup was or how to take care of it but i was determined and i slept with it but um you know i i'm grateful for having such a wide influence of music uh, within my family because my father was a bit older than my mother so I got everything from Billie Holiday, Jingle Reinhardt, Cole Porter, um, Ella Fitzgerald 
to the 60s and rock era, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd for my mother's influence, and then my own growing up. So to me, you know, as a musician, you have to listen to every single style of music because there's only 12 notes in this alphabet, and it's about how you play them. And you can take something from like Beso Negro and the, the picking patterns and gypsy jazz and incorporate it into your own style of music, even though it may not be your own. So I think the, the goal for me was just to figure out how to do that, but make it still familiar at the same time. Very cool. And before I forget, I want to give a big shout out to, to my buddy Carl for hooking us up to helping put this interview together. Uh, Carl does nothing but send me amazing artists all the time to talk to. So I'm very grateful for him and our friendship. So props to Carl. Yeah. Carl is an awesome, awesome person that I'm friends with on Facebook. He, I love his support and passion for music, and, and it's just, you know, we need more people that have that kind of drive. So I just, I, I've i always loved to see the support from him, and I always tell him he rocks because he does. <laughs> yep, exactly. So he wants to know, he's in the chat room and he's tuned in, and um, he, he always has the best questions. Questionable, okay. sometimes questionable, but the best. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from Carl, though. Um, right. So his first question, just kind of a, a sideways question, is: Have any have any dudes any specifically says hairy ass dudes um, ever thrown their boxer shorts at you while you've been on stage? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, not yet, but I will be watching out for those. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't just be a dude, you know, it had to be a hairy-ass dude. So. has to be a hairy-ass dude. Because yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the bald ones won't work. That's so. right, right. And uh, let me throw one more from him while, while, while I have it here. He wants to know if you've ever took a stage dive off into into the crowd. I actually have. Yes, I have done that. So, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, thank God I was caught and it didn't hurt myself or yes. my guitar. And it's the first thing, even if I'm about to crash or something, the first, I don't even care about myself. It's like, oh, my God, my guitar. So, <laughs> so yes, yes to one, no to the other. So we're, we're doing good, girl. Yeah, awesome. And did I hear or read that you recently just moved to Vegas and opened like a repair shop or something? I did, yeah. I've got my mother's here, and you know, family comes first to me, and she just needed me, and so I dropped everything, including my ba my band back up in Marin County, and the shop I was supporting up there, and my friends and everything, and dropped it all to come here to Vegas. So, um, so yeah, so I've opened up my own my own day job business. I am a certified guitar technician uh, here in Las Vegas, but um, it's great for me because I am closer to LA here. So I do right. shows and endorsement videos and, you know, meetups and things like that. Nam every year. So I'm, I'm just, I'm only four hours away. So this is, it's a Vegas is treating me well so far. So that's so cool. I, I honestly wish I would have known. I, I was in Vegas just before, like we flew back from Vegas and then like three days later, Vegas got shut down. Oh no. Oh my God. <laughs> so, cause I, and I was there for a week and did not, you know, did not, a week was not enough time to get to explore the city. Oh but, no, uh, that's no, there's no way. There's so much to do here and so much to see. And to be honest, most people don't even realize there's places like Mount Charleston where it looks, it's a ski resort, you know, and then right. there's, there's so much hiking and there's, there's a lot here. People just focus on the strip and that's it. So there's a lot more. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, so back to you in music. So the other thing, um, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, some of your influences. Sounds like you had, you know, some family members maybe, and you've been singing since you were a little kid. 
you know, what what kind of music did you start out listening to specifically? Was there like any anything specific that kind of caught your attention from the beginning? Led Zeppelin and Guns N' Roses. Awesome. That was I I I was I I grew up the street below the Sunset Strip. And I was very young, and I had a motorcycle jacket, and I had appetite for destruction. My mother had had applied us at the back of the motorcycle jacket. I must have been like ten, I think, and we were at the Rainbow. And uh, you know, when I was a kid, I, vocally, I didn't do warm ups. I wasn't classically trained at the time, and so my vocal warm ups were Slash's guitar solos. And I remember we were sitting at the Rainbow having pizza and we were done with our meal and we spotted them in the restaurant. And so we made the point of, I begged my mom to walk me past them so they'd see the jacket and I turned back and they were pointing at it and it just made my year. But uh, yeah, total uh, rock and roll, um, you know, from a young, young age. And then I grew into my father's um, style of music as I got a little older, but I've been rock at heart since day one. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, you know, if, a lot of times I hear Guns N' Roses is kind of like one of the the beginnings. And mm-hmm. that was like, what I remember about Guns N' Roses is that was the first video I ever saw on MTV. And I remember sitting on the couch with my dad and, you know, we had just got cable, MTV comes on, Guns yeah. N' Roses, and my dad is like, what the hell is this crap? I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, but it's really, really badass. Right? Yeah, no, it was. Because I, I, MTV was so new at the time, yep. and it's like, the videos, you know, my, my mother was kind of cautious of whether to let me watch it, but I was just glued to the television. I remember Dire Straits, you know, Money for Nothing coming on, and Peter Gabriel, and all the videos back then. Yep. And But Guns N' Roses just like, I mean, my jaw was on the floor, and I was hooked. And I knew every word to every song, to every album. And the same for Zeppelin. I mean, they're yeah. just, they're both, both bands are so like mesmerizing and you just cannot get enough you have to listen to the same song four or five times to really just let let it absorb so cool so cool i tell you who i've been listening to lately that i think that <laughs> i think would be awesome if you got to play with them but have uh, cory marks are you familiar with him no i'm sorry i'm not yeah you need Corey to check marks. you need to check him out it's he's like very similar style to you kind of country southern rockish and uh-huh. um but oh my god so good so yeah, you definitely have um, to, you definitely have to check him out. I just threw it up on my computer and I will check it out when we are done. Yeah, I, uh, I'm always into finding new musicians and new music because, well, as we know, the record label and the 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 the, uh, the Billboard charts are a little dominated with one style of music. So we have to do some a little bit more digging on our own to find you know some really cool music. Yeah, I agree, and that's why I, one of the many reasons I love interviewing bands and what I do is because it's like brand new music every single day and none of it's mainstream because i really honestly don't ever listen to the radio so yeah well the radio is not what it was back in the 80s and the 90s it's it's a different ball game so (laughs) yep it's it's all about who has the most money to get the most plays basically oh yeah you know back in the day you could just uh call up a radio station like you know as an artist and just submit your 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 track or whatnot or your art or your uh, manager could you have a 50 50 shot of it getting played yeah, you know now it's it's a different ball game. So yeah, exactly. Okay, a couple more questions from the chat. Um, okay. Have you ever been arrested while on tour? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. And I say yet because never say never. Never say never. But, but I, I hope that you don't. I hope that I don't. But it is rock and roll, so you never know. But no, I'm. I, I try to tend to behave on 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 tour. So okay, good, good, good. 
And then, and this is similar to a question I like to ask, so this just kind of takes a different spin, is do you have, and, and I will preface this with that you're willing to share, any, any like dark touring experience that's happened to you? Dark touring experience. Um, you know, I, uh, I will say, I, well, there's a couple things. You know, I've seen someone actually try to steal my main guitar, and that's like stealing part of my soul. Did you so, punch them? Course, I'm sorry? <laughs> Did you punch them? Oh, the arm was reaching for them, and they got scared and ran away. Uh-huh. So I learned after this to actually hire um, security for my gear. <laughs> so yeah. someone is with it at all times. Um, I, you know, I've had... Like my version of dark would be like you know there was a gig where they weren't very honest about line gear and PA systems and just it was it was just a nightmare the whole system just froze and everyone's got to have the crappy gigs once in a while but so far I haven't had real dark dark things happen again on tour knock on knock on wood <laughs> so yep. I'm well fortunate. again hopefully that stays stays the same and that doesn't happen what about <laughs> what about because. You know, I do hear and talk to a lot of bands that have had, you know, crazy technical disasters that they've had to play through and and just still make it work. Have you had to deal with anything like that? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, one that comes to mind is uh, when I was in Portland, um, my band was in Marin. So I was only there for a short period of time to help take care of my father. And so you know, your musicians that you play with, it's a, it's a relationship. So it's not as easy to just replace them, you know? So this particular gig, I had to play the backing tracks when I was doing the reset me tour and the system failed. And so everything glitched on the back end. So the only thing that I was, I could continue doing was just me and the electric guitar. And so once I realized what was going on, it was all this other glitching in the background. So I tried to make the best of it and pulled through it. And the audience at the end of this song probably thought that it was intentional but you know you just have when huge mechanical failures just go wrong you've got to do your best to not react to it and just keep going and the show must go on so i've i've seen monitors fry i've seen the systems clog up i've seen my uh my uh um wireless battery pack go down in the middle of a song so you know, <laughs> this is what gives you the good stories at the end of the day. Right, yeah. And what makes the good shows the really good shows. So it happens to everybody. Yeah, and I think it's just amazing how well most artists uh, are able to just kind of find a way to play through it. And a lot of times, I don't think the, I don't think the, I don't think the the the, the music goers even know it happened. So uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe hopefully they're just hearing the song. They might be hearing the song for the first time. They might not if they're good fans. But still, at the end of the day, you know, no show is the same. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So yeah. speaking of things, this is shameless plug time for you. So where can people go to find out more about you, your music, anything, any merch, music you have for sale? What websites, what social networking are you on? I like that shameless plug time. <laughs> um, I'm at TeresaTopaz.com, no H. And uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on every social media platform, every streaming service, including Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, uh, iHeartRadio. So you can really just Google me and find out which platform is best for you to find my music. Um, I am in the middle of a new record, which has been postponed due to, thank you, COVID. But, uh, you know, it's fine because at the end of the day, it will get done. Um, So hopefully we'll be able to see shows being allowed here within, you know, sooner than later. So I'll be able to get back out on the road and start promoting it. But uh, the albums and merch are available through my website as well as through Facebook. 
And uh, if uh, follow if you like on Facebook, please give me a follow, and in that way, you stay in touch with uh, when new music comes is coming out, and new shows and whatnot. Okay, awesome. So yeah, you know what? Let, let's let's talk about COVID a little bit, and not from the political or anything that kind of side, but. You know, obviously, I'm sure you had things lined up, and then COVID hit, and and that kind of put a kibosh to everything. Oh, so, how yeah. how as an artist were you able to adjust to that? You know, to kind of get through this time and and still be productive and creative. It's called whiskey. Uh, no, <laughs> um, you know, I I'm I, a huge like, whiskey fan, so it's okay. I'm good. Oh, yeah. good. We're on the same page. Uh-huh. Excellent. Um. Uh, you know, it, it, I had already lined up to have my amazing rhythm section in LA, who I'm fortunate to have be joining me on this record, um, to start tracking as of April. And then this hit. And so it just halted everything. And to be honest, in the beginning, it was, it was, I'm not going to be honest. I'm not going to lie. It was really hard because to hear and see how music was impacted so dramatically. Yeah. I mean, sports as well too. But like, and ve- we're an entertainment city here in Las Vegas. <laughs> yep. This is that's all that's here is hospitality and entertainment. So everybody I know here kind of went down this rabbit hole with me. But um, you know, I, I have to look at it this way: it's a time. I'm always a hundred and ten miles an hour, so it's nice to kind of just stop and reflect. But um, it's given me much more time to really critique on a positive note with this record and really kind of just go over things that may have needed a little bit more attention to detail before I get to that point. And at the end of the day, if you're rushing a project, it's it's never a good thing. So you have to take your time with it, and it's it's ready when it's ready. And so um, I'm grateful to see you know the the distancing regulations starting to lift a little bit, and I'm really hoping we don't get another lockdown on the back end of things. So I can get my rhythm section tracked because I've even got my bass player texting me going, "Are we doing this?" I'm like, I'm "Trying, <laughs> but right. I can't I can't get you to the studio yet." So um, I think every artist that I know. Uh, has been severely impacted by this. Some are taking a more positive approach with it and utilizing their time. Some are, you know, maybe just trying to take a break and kind of reset in a sense. And I think everyone has good days and bad days. But at the end of the light, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And so it's just trying to do a little bit each day to make a difference. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bands that I've been talking to lately, they've they're using it as time just to to write new material. So basically, you know, they're ready to roll when things break open speaking totally. of recording for you what uh what studio do you use so actually i'm fortunate enough i have my own studio awesome. um and then uh i have uh once i'm done with tracking and you know just basic mixes or whatnot it'll go to my engineer and uh once uh he's done with working his magic then i my mastering house is in nashville so it's a three-part series but um i'm i'm fortunate enough because i get to write and arrange as i go um, and so, you know, it's, I think I actually prefer this method versus pre studio for me, because I feel like you, you know, the sky's the limit when you have control over every day and really being able to hear things back and being able to make, you know, uh, positive judgments on where to move forward with the song. So, um, so I'm, I'm very grateful. I have the ability to record. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's something I'm curious to know is, you know, and that's awesome that you have the, the studio and can do that on yourself. Do you ever find yourself over critiquing yourself because you have the ability to go back and change it over and over and over if you want? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, I, I found myself on the last record. You, hopefully you learn from your mistakes. Um, 
I did exactly just that and took too much time with the song and it ended up kind of for me ruining some of the magic of it and I made things a little too complex and there's I've learned that there's a difference between reality of critiquing a song and then overdoing it and so the biggest the biggest thing that I've learned and also as a piece of advice to other recording artists is know when to take a break and step back because those breaks even though you feel like you should be working eight hours a day every day on it that break is what helps to reset your ears and your mindset on it when you come back then it just falls into place effortlessly yeah I think that's great advice because honestly I think that's good advice for whether you're a musician or regardless of what you do you know have taking a break from things and resetting your brain is uh extremely helpful oh yeah uh, you're right it applies to every every you know part of life and so we just you know we workaholics we just keep going and going and going and it's like you, you burn out after a while so it's it's necessary yeah <laughs> oh i know the feeling and i tell you it's a lot harder to do than it is to talk about that's for sure yeah right <laughs> Speaking of break, I've got a question for you. You said you're a whiskey person. So what kind of whiskeys do you like? Oh, man. So when I was in Vegas, I got hooked. I don't know, hooked, but I, I found um, Devil's River. And so I brought some of that back with me. So I like that one, small batch. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am a, you know, a, a scotch whiskey fan. So I have my Glenfiddich sitting on the counter. But I, that one Excellent. gets... That one gets drank very slow because it's, you know, it's so expensive. And honestly, one of my favorites, uh, I really like Wild Turkey. That's another favorite of mine. Um, But a cheap one that I found recently that I actually really dig um, is, (laughs) it's called uh, Old Crow. And it's made by Jim Beam. Uh, mm-hmm. It you know it's like a hundred and fifty or two hundred year old whiskey. The old dude it used to be called old doctor something or whatever. But anyways, it's it's aged for three years versus you know longer, and it's ten dollars a fifth, and it's probably one of my favorite. It's kind of like you, you sometimes you find I'm not a big wine drinker, but you find like a cheap bottle of wine, and you're like, man, this is better than the forty dollars stuff. Um, two buck chuck. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I found with Old Crow. That's one of my, my go-tos. And then I have the, the real cheap stuff, and this is more of nostalgic because I'm. I, you mentioned, you know, family's everything to you, and it is to me as well. And my grandfather used to drink, um, oh, hold on, my brain's going to go dead now because you asked. Because you, you have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a Canadian one. And anyways, it's like... Crown? No, no, it's like eight dollars a fifth. It's super cheap. Oh, okay. But my grandfather used to drink it, and the taste of it reminds me of him. So I always like to have some of that on hand. Oh, that's nice. And then you know, if I'm at the bar, I like Bullet. I mean, I you know, I I like to try new 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 kinds of whiskey, and that's why you know I mentioned the Devil's River that I found when I was um, at the casino when I was at the casino. In in Vegas, I was like, "Oh, this is pretty good." And then they had it in the gift shop, you know. So I I, oh, cool. I, brought, I brought some back. What's your go to? You know, it's funny. My go to was this uh, whiskey called Breaking and Entering, and it's out of Alameda in the Bay Area. And they um, they distilled it in a Scotch fashion, and it was just so smooth. It was just phenomenal. And they went out of production. But um, nowadays, my favorite would be Angel's Envy. Yep. Yep. Um, I love Mictors. Um, my kind of everyday drinking one would be Bullet. Um, 
I'll do Jackal once in a while, but, um, you know, there's just, there's so many, and especially the small, small batch ones coming out of San Francisco. Yeah. Um, I got a little spoiled with, with being able to, to have those on your palate on a normal basis, but I was very happy to see that I could find Angels Envy and Mictors out here. So I would say those would be two of my favorites. Um, Makers is good. It's, it's a little on the sweeter side for me, but, um, yeah, I'd say if I'm just going to go to the bar or whatnot, I'll order a bullet. And plus, it's everywhere here in Vegas, so at least I'll know I get what I want. <laughs> yeah, so so here's a question, and I'll tell you how, how I order it. I'm curious to know, when you order it, how do you order it? Well, being that I was an ex-bartender of 15 years, I just say, can I get a bullet over? And if you're a real bartender, you know that means over ice. Okay. So if you're at a restaurant, probably not good to use the slang, so you probably have to tell them on the rocks. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I do is I order it neat with a glass of ice on the side, and I just dump a little bit. Just you know, I'll dump a little bit in just to cool it off a little bit, and then yeah. and then drink it. That's how I prefer to drink mine. Well, and that way, you know, it, it's uh, it's the the way you do it. The ice isn't watering it down so fast. So by the end of that last sip, if you're really taking your time with it, it's just it's not as pleasant as the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now some bars I've known, even around here, some bars have gone to you know the one big cube of ice they put in there. So that's that seems to not watered as much. That's what I do at home. I have, I am the whiskey connoisseur. I, I am, I'm not kidding on that single. I am the whiskey kind of girl. So I've got the awesome. big rounded glasses that let the whiskey breathe uh -huh. um, and the big, huge cubes. And then I've got skull ones too. Um, but the skull ones melt a little faster. So I, 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 I only do that if I'm pouring just a little bit, but I like the big ice cubes because it just, it takes its time. It chills the, the whiskey, gives yep. it time to, to kind of gas off a little bit and breathe. And you still get that chilled taste of it. And by the time you can have two whiskeys, by the time that ice cube melts down completely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now I don't have any skull cubes, but I do have skull shot glasses. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone in rock has got to have something skull, right? So. You have to. You have to. Right? You have to. So other question I like to ask musicians when I talk to them is, you know, what bands are you listening besides your own music? I, I, I've learned that I have to have to throw that out there besides your own music. You know, what bands are you listening to right now? Just like your top couple. You know, it's it's funny. Like, I, I have to, when I'm writing a record, I listen to a lot more music when I'm not, when I'm touring. Um, but when I'm writing, I don't listen to as much. I have to force myself because it's good for outside influences to bring within. But I go through phases with music. So um, I, I really try to push myself to listen to more common or no more modernized music so like hearing about you know you giving me someone like Corey marks like that's somebody i'll throw on spotify and see what else comes up right so um you know i i, I just love southern rock and blues like obviously my genre or whatnot so i'll throw muddy water channel up or like bb king um uh you know uh, lizzie hale is awesome um emily wolf um let's see hailstorm um and a lot of the roots, but again, it's like, you know, the radio stations are so, I can't just put a regular radio station on and just listen to new bands anymore. So it's just so different. So um, I, I really try to put like a something different on Spotify and come up with different bands depending on what genre I'm in right now. So I'm not steered towards my insane, you know, collection of music and kind of, I keep going back to like Guns N' Roses and ACDC yeah, and like yeah, Frank Sinatra. You. So uh, I think if I can learn a, a new band and, and, and new music that's coming out, at least, you know, one every few days, I'm doing good. So Very cool. 
I don't know. Do you? I don't know if you have Cirrus XM, but there is a channel on there that I've just recently um, found called Red, White, and Booze, and oh. it has old country because m- the main country I like is like old Waylon Jennings stuff like that, uh-huh. and then it they throw Southern rock in there. Nice. You know, old school rock. I mean, it's just, yeah. So if you have that, I definitely recommend. And to anyone out there that wants to hear some, I mean, I've I've heard music on there that I didn't even know existed. So Red, White, and Booze? Red, White, and Booze, yep. Oh, I love it. Oh, I'm so going to check that out. Thank you for telling me. See, this is how we all have to help each other out. I know. This is is how, I I know. It's how we find new music. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. So... Is there anything else that you want the listeners, people tuned in to know uh, about you? Anything we haven't covered that you want to make sure people know? Uh, you know, well, <laughs> I can go a couple different directions of that. No, um, I, you know, uh, I, I, the biggest thing I always want to tell people is support your local music, support your indie scene, because, you know, every favorite band that you have and that you grew up with was once an indie artist. And, you know, with the way that the music industry has gone over the last well, a couple of decades, um, you know, we have to struggle and, and really dig to find great music and indie bands or bands that are upcoming or just newly signed artists to labels and whatnot. So just to, you know, really kind of put the effort in to support your, your, your local artists because it's uh, that support goes a really long way. Um, take care of your guitars <laughs> coming from a tech standpoint. Um, they are your musical voice, um, and uh, you know, just keep rocking every day, and 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 let's let's hope that uh, you know, COVID is the shot in the arm that music is needed for a long time, and so when we open back up, peeps, definitely go and support your musicians and fill and sell out those shows. That's what I want to see. Awesome. Yep. Very cool. One last question from Secret Weapon or Carl, as he's also known as. Uh, <laughs> He, he's our he's our secret weapon for the station and um we've you've kind of touched on this but we'll just take it a little different direction You're talking about like tech disasters on stage and such he wants to know if you've ever had one where maybe it's been a little more you know um due to something the roadie or the tech did and where you wanted to in um in, in carl's words smash them in the face <laughs> a moment where my guitar was restrung and uh this was a few years back and i had that horrid design of what's called a g-force on my les paul and for for me ideally that unit was supposed to work because i play in five different tunings on stage and so ideally you could press a button and the guitar would tune itself pretty close within a few cents to the tuning that you were going from like dad gad to standard or whatnot and something happened with my guitar on stage and the g tuner which was down in f sharp at the time broke and i had about 45 seconds of dead silence on stage had to swap guitars give him the guitar pick up another one rewrite my set list on the spot and I swore from that point on I was going to know how to do everything when it comes to that instrument and never have to rely on somebody else ever again because they're just ready to kill. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, I would say. Yeah. And let's just say that G-Force came right off the next day and I put locking grovers on. So. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you for good. sharing. Thank you for sharing that. Much appreciated. Yeah, good question, Carl. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's he's a badass dude. So, Okay. 
Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time to call in tonight. Um, I have greatly enjoyed. I could talk. I could just talk to you about whiskey all night. So I, yeah, that'd be fun to just have a whole whiskey, you know, conversation because I'll go into the history of it. I just, I mean, like I'm obsessed with it. I, I love everything about whiskey. So I just, I'm one of those weird ones that actually really like the taste of it. So, um, so if you ever want to do a whiskey segment, just let me know. I'd be down for it. I was going to say we should. We should do that. We should plan something. <laughs> That would be fun. Let's I think, do it. I think that would be a cool show just to talk about whiskey. Heck yeah. Yeah. You got the whiskey girl. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. Well, it, 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 deal. We, we're, deal. We're, we're going we're gonna to figure but, out a date and we'll make it happen. But here's the deal is you and I have to be drinking while doing it. Oh, that's – I have no problem. I'm actually – I'm actually <laughs> as soon as I get done talking to you, I'm heading for the whiskey. So There you go. <laughs> I, 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 did, I just didn't want to be slurring my words. Slurring my words. But, well, it's okay if both people are, right? Yeah, and if you're if you're talking, if, if the whole t- conversation is about whiskey, you're right. You have to be drinking it while you're talking you, about it. It's like Drunk History, that show. Have you ever seen that? Uh-huh. Yep. I love it. <laughs> so that, uh, they're probably about five or six in by the time they start. So. <laughs> sure. But, uh, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's really, It's been a lot of fun uh, just chatting with you, and, um, you know, I just uh, I appreciate it very much. Yeah, absolutely. And so you and the listeners know I have three of your tracks lined up. So we're going to start with Whiskey Kind of Girl. I mean, it just seems like the the natural way to take this. And then we have Driving Me Crazy and Fever. And if you have any other tracks that you want or would like to have airplay um, with, uh, feel free to to send them to me. And I'll throw them all on on our 24-7 server and you'll just get tons of airplay. So. I will take you up on that. Thank you very much for the offer. You bet. Okay. Well, thanks again. Have a great night. Stay safe. And we'll we'll put together our our whiskey conversation. It's a date. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yep. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yay.